Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path After Party 63. Woohoo! Boom! But yeah, 63. Six and three, both divisible by three, which is rad. Add up to nine. It does add up to nine. I don't know, we're doing weird math facts about 63, apparently. We're like channeling the the four pharaohs of ascension. That's what we're doing. Sure. Yeah, the numbers pharaoh, that guy. (laughs) The significance of these numbers are beyond your your ability to understand. It is one before 64, which will be coming out on our four-year anniversary. Oh, that's exciting. So be sure to check back in on our next one. Wow. This makes me think of Beatles songs. Yeah. 64. Oh, okay. Is, is it weird 64. that like you can just hum a couple bars of a Beatles song and everybody's like, yes, I know exactly what song that is. Yes, mm. I can play it on the guitar too. Nice. I actually have no idea what song that you're singing. When I'm oh. 64? No. Nope, That's I got no idea either. Yeah, What? Sorry. Can we just point out the fact that Rick reads like turn of the century like oh, yeah. classic stuff and doesn't know the classics like the Beatles when it I comes to music. It's a specific genre of Beatles. I like the trippy Beatles starting with like Yellow Submarine because I was raised on that movie, mm-hmm. weirdly. That explains a lot about you. But this isn't the Beatles podcast. It could I'm be. I'm sure there is a Beatles podcast. There are probably like 50 Beatles podcasts. Probably. <laughs> to get to our recap of our three episodes, we are going over episodes 187, 188, and 189. So in episode 187... This was the second half of our ghosty ghost fight with uh, Tenenef. Hate that um, guy. Yeah. So, but thankfully we were able within six seconds to bring Masika back from the brink. So that was good. Yay. Very nice <laughs> use of limited wish right there. Yay, magic. Yes. Once again, magic solving all problems. Yeah. Causing and solving. Yes. <laughs> Causing and solving. <laughs> but we were able to put him down and through Masika's, I believe through Masika's divinations, like you did your whole... Yeah, vision thing. I think that was what it was. My, we were like, my writing that I get from my lore. Yeah, the automatic stuff. writing. Yeah, for that a fan cool. of a uh, turn of the century spiritualism. But uh, through that, we were able to figure out that we think the ghost is probably gonna stay down. So crossing our fingers. I mean, if it's not, we had no way of like resolving his conflict that's keeping him bound to the material plane. So yeah. the answer to that, so. since I don't have any problem telling you, is uh, yes, he will stay down. Yay! Okay. Yay! If Teneneth is slain, his spirit does not rejuvenate, as a Snader ghost does. Rather, upon being destroyed, his ghost finally realizes that there is, in fact, an afterlife and eagerly moves on to finally embrace its ultimate reward or punishment. Huh. Well, well good on him, I guess. Goodness. There you go. <laughs> I've got to ask, though, like, what the heck was on his spell list? Because he was hammering us with those stone to fl- or flesh to stones. I mean, he was casting the same four or five things over and over again because he's sorcerer. I'm just curious what he what he had on him. Let's see. The big ones were flesh to stone, obviously. Yeah, well, it's like I, a big I didn't thing like in that Osirian, one. Like everybody t- turning stuff into stone. Everybody's obsessed with petrification, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a theme. It's definitely a theme. It makes sense because it technically denies your enemies their afterlife. It's yeah, true. It's real, yeah. Real snarky, mean thing. Yeah, it didn't become pertinent. This spell was my plan. If that force anchor that Jessica cast had actually worked. Is he does have the spell mislead, where you turn yourself invisible and immediately create an illusory double of yourself as mm. major image appearing in your place. Nice. And then you can go elsewhere while your double moves away. <laughs> that one's a fun. It's just such a fun spell. And he also has move earth. Weird. Which wasn't necessary here, but is a neat thing. Huh. Although he could actually use move earth to eject Sudi from the stone if he melded with stone. Or yeah. true, he could have. Yeah, so. it was on the short list for things that can actually affect me. Okay, that would have been really funny, and I kind of wish it had happened just because it sounds really funny. Uh, no, it yeah. wouldn't. It would have been horrible. <laughs> like, uh, it, it does like some damage to me, I think, if I remember right. Was it pertinent, but he also had a 
contact other plane, which is always fun. Dominate person, which is always neat. Uh, Dimension door and freedom of movement, which are both mm. fun. Mm-hmm. Stone shape, nice. the shout spell. That's always a neat one. Ooh, shout, shout. Shout's yeah, a good dispel one. magic, which would have been my other fallback if he'd been force anchored. Mm. You guys experience the lightning bolt at a suggestion, which is also always fun. And yeah, you guys experience mirror image. He had a couple other neat ones like obscure object, scorching ray. I'm mostly just uh, I walked into that expecting to not have a whole lot of rounds because generally speaking, you're usually lucky if you get three or four rounds with a monster. And so, OK, he'll go ahead and use a uh, flesh to stone because that's his highest level offensive ability up to five t- times if he needed to because sorcerer. Goodness. Mm-hmm. And just because he has the quicken spell metamagic feat, quicken magic missile is just a good fifth level spell. So, yeah, that's why he was blasting those off left, right and center. You can do that seven times a day. So might as well. Funny enough, Goodness. I didn't, didn't actually get to use his neatest ability because Which you guys was. kept making your save. Okay. Oh, his uh, his aura thing that we were saving against? Not an aura. Uh, you weren't able to identify this because it's unique to him. Ooh. And in addition to that, uh, none of you ever failed, so none of you ever realized that you're actually triggering this. Uh, he has a gaze attack. <laughs> oh, what? good. A gaze <laughs> look into your soul. What is his gaze attack? Tinnef's death, caused by his own failed attempt to drain his thoughts into a canoptic jar, grant him a ravenous hunger for new thoughts that he can drink through his eyes. No, thank this you. This manifests oh, as a gaze what? attack with a range of 30 feet no, that deals you. 1d4 points of intelligence no, drain. No, thank you. Oh, <laughs> my See, I was going to ask if it had something to do with the bugs. How yep. dare that sorcerer yeah, have intelligence that seems on brand things. for him. Yikes. Ooh. It's a will save DC 23, so I was amazed oh. that none of you were felling that, because that's wow. actually a pretty good it's, save it, That's save. a miracle. I mean, Masika gets an 18 before she even rolls. Well, so, I mean, yeah, yes, I did, so roll much, the nugget, I did roll the one when, you know, and got stoned and then died, but I'm just saying that's... Well, that wasn't a will save. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's a hard one to. I was I was expecting Citra and Sudi to be basically back into uh, well Citra to be back into the post uh, Sarathet fight of no, just kind Your of just wandering around. I mean, it would have been really bad for Hollis, of course, because <laughs> that's an actual spellcasting stat. So yeah, we're like fine. I'm just gonna stab you. I, I was probably the most likely to fail it, so I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> anyway, I was All disappointed right. and uh, I shot myself a bit in the foot because I had that. I think pretty well down pat the first part of the encounter. And then the second encounter, I think I forgot to have you guys roll for it once or twice. Oh, I'm so bothered. That's terrible. I mean, it was every (laughs) other turn because it's only when you're within his within 30 feet of him. Because I know you guys kept going. It's like, why? Like, why are some of us making this roll and some of you not? And that's why he was trying to position himself to stay within 30 feet of the party to drink in their power with his gaze. Goodness. Mm. Anyway. Rude. Well, we did end up putting the ghosty down. We ghostbustered it, and then, yep. um, then we left the trenches. Unfortunately, did For not beach day. quite make it to Sothis during our first foray, mm-hmm. <laughs> which led us into uh, episode one eighty eight. Or, well, actually, no. The last bit of that episode, we actually beach had our episode. little beach day. We got to play yep. some volleyball. You know, play some synod on the beach. It was a good time, and had our last. <laughs> I think true relaxation before uh, we did go to Sothis in episode 188. Got our new, got any new gear, got any last minute stuff we could get. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then uh, and then we went back straight to the trenches and used the life lantern and the Pharaoh's key to activate the Kepsutanum. And uh, uh, Tefnaju warned us that uh, yeah, once that happens, the Ashumentals are just gonna 
try to stop that from happening. So Swarm. we pretty much just, prepped just for that. Just straight up like a fly into one of those glowy um, lanterns that's a, a bug zapper. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we we definitely gave ourselves an advantage with the two prismatic walls that were put up because it kind of forced them into one side. It's a fun spell. Well, because they they had that ability that really I think it's really cool ability to like travel through their breath weapon, and so yeah. like they easily yeah. were jumping past us where like normally you could like kind of block them, like you couldn't really block mm-hmm. these guys. So that was that ended up being very very uh, good for us. That being said, they didn't actually do a lot of damage to the party. Two of the frontline members have evasion. And Hollis can resist energy with her abdur thing. And Masika was always just kind of not in the right place to get caught by a lot of the breath weapons. Oh, no. So, I'm so sad about that. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be fair, like if they can get adjacent to someone, they get four attacks at plus 21 each. Ah. Ouch. Well, we were actually doing pretty good with the fight. And then uh, episode 189, we kind of wrapped up that fight. We only really had one scare. Uh, as far as like it getting taken, so we got lucky there. But uh, yep. then we 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 brought the pyramid down, and yes. uh, a lady came down as like a I guess a herald for Hakatep, and we were kind of having none of it. Uh, and we were sp- we were feeling spicy <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and after being spicy, she did sick two massive scorpions on us, and that's probably where we'll start next time. So that'll be fun. I'd like to skip ahead like three months and then do a flashback. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> Three months we're all on the beach. <laughs> okay, we open the next episode with Narmer, you know, on on a with at a the oasis, like surrounded by all this stuff. Yeah, he's, he's coconutting, and he's just like, "All right, show." Three months ago, the two giant scorpions <laughs> came, and then just comes Rocky back to found us. his people. No, Singer found his people. I was really excited until I realized they wouldn't fit in my tummy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think I had a chance to even mention in that episode because again, we we're getting towards the end of the episode. Whenever. Uh, that figure had to send it down, but Sudi technically would have recognized her because Sudi oh, had seen her previously through I? the mass visions. It was the bard lady, right? Gotta be the bard lady. And Mech, who is the Herald of Hakatep. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it is the Herald of Hakatep. Okay. 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 I kind of thought it was going to be her, but I didn't know because I'm like, I mean, it's in a major image. It could have technically been anybody. So, yeah. But yeah, big scorpions. I was not expecting big scorpions. So that's new. That's a new person uh, in the are, rave. Aren't they gigantic scorpions? Big old boys. I think gargantuan, didn't or you gargantuan say? gargantuan scorpions. Yeah. God. There was a G in there somewhere. Are we supposed to fight them or are we supposed to run? This is the real I, I thought you said gargantuan too. Like we just slide past them into the pyramid, call it a day. And I mean, in answer an to that question, they are colossal. Oh, they're even bigger. Wonderful. We're playing a different game now. Yep. They are 30 feet at a side. So. Oh, that's crazy. They're big old scorpion. <laughs> uh, great. Well, that'll be something. It will be. Sure. Two sounds like even. fun. So oh, to be fair, fun. maybe it's only two of them because you can only see two sides of the pyramid right now. Who knows? Oh my gosh, if they're four, that would be crazy. I don't know how crazy. many gargantuan things you, or colossal things you can really throw at a party, no matter how high level the party is. Well, just I mean, being squished. To, like to be ants. fair, they're taking pretty big penalties to try to hit us because we are so small. Yeah, but they could just lay down on us, I feel, and like murder us. <laughs> like, and I squish you. That's not really in the scorpion mm. tactics to I try. Know, but, you know, I they're going to try to sting us. Technically, I think that would be a pin. They'd have to kit us and grapple us first. Game mechanically, yes, they would also. I have mean, to if they're thirty us. feet at a side, I just feel I, like I have to say though, their CMD is going to be ridiculous. That's so. like a building. Their CMD is probably going to be ridiculous too because they're scorpions. They're they're good at the grabbing. It's yeah. true. Grabby That's boys. true. So hit them from range is what I'm hearing. 
I mean, that's always my plan. So interesting thing. I mentioned it in passing, but just for a uh, for the audience's edification, and I guess all of y'all's edification as well, when the uh, the pyramid landed, it did sink about 70 feet down into the ground. Yeah. Because it did hit with some speed, despite the fact that it is basically indestructible. That being said, that even though it's submerged into the ground, uh, what remains above the sand is still 760 feet to a side and 500 feet tall at its peak. Wow. That's a lot. Yep. There, there, yeah. That's what is the door there? That's the real question. Well, when you're riding up, you saw that there were uh, stairs leading up on okay. the two sides that cool. you're approaching for, from that led, led to platforms. Excellent. Because I remember y'all, I think it was Jordan was saying that that was odd and then going, oh, wait, it was also intended to be basically a weapon. So Yes. Yeah. It would make sense yeah. that there were means so be, of So uh, being able to look out at it, it makes a lot of, of sense egress. because it's actually supposed to be operational, not just like, you know, hey, we're sealing this all up because <laughs> it's a giant tomb, you know? Yeah. Yep. Mm. It's got a covered in electricity and it's got big old beams shooting off into space. Well. Like you do. Well, since we haven't quite faced them yet, shall we move on to some emails? Yeah. Sure. Well, I have plenty to talk about them next time. Yes. True. Very true. All right. So our first email is from Robbie the Gnome from the Eternal Library atop the infinite staircase where it touches the mana wastes, a.k.a. Carrollton, Texas. No <laughs> way! <laughs> All right, Radis. All right, Dallasite. <laughs> I know the infinite staircase is a thing, of course, also here, but it, my mind immediately goes to uh, Castlevania. Oh, yeah. Oh, mine goes to Mario 64 with the infinite staircase. Oh, that's good, too. All right. Greetings, Jordan, Jessica, Heather, Rachel, Rick, and sometimes Ross. Oh. Hey, Robbie. Hello. Hello, the five of us from the five of us that are here. Hello. <laughs> yes. uh, this is my first time writing a podcast. I follow or any sort of celebrity of any kind. So kindly bear with my weirdness. Oh. <laughs> we are celebrities in a very small niche, and sure. I will take it. I just finished binging all of Mummy's Mask, number 177, the one with the living sandstorm. Mm, it awesome. took me about a month, and I have to oh say... Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, it took me about a month, and I have to say that I adore the chemistry of the party and the table. It really shows that you guys are passionate about the game, the podcast, and your collective friendship. Oh, friendship is it magic. is magic. I said that. Not <laughs> magic is heresy. Yes. You inspired me to get my old group back together to play Mummy's Mask, but I could not find the path to it anywhere, so decided to run Curse of Strahd 5e instead. Mm. Hope I said okay. that right. That's very different. Strahd. Yeah. Um, I used my best Zap Brannigan impression for the eponymous vampire, as uh, I find that they have similar personalities uh, and character motivations. Oh, my. <laughs> nice. D Horse does Strahd. he have a kiff? <laughs> Probably. Uh, I, I've never played it, so I don't raise know. Raise the flag up. Higher. And for God's sakes, wave it around a little. <laughs> <laughs> My group is playing as a Warforge warlock named Generalized Robotic Investigation, Negotiation, and Combat Helper, or Grinch. I'm here for it. <laughs> I like that person immediately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the half-elf blood hunter named Vanessa Hellsong, Vampire Hunter via Van Helsing movie. Okay. Very good. Very like nice. Azabar Ranger named North Santa Claus via Rise of the Guardians. Fair These enough. are some interesting okay. folk. Yes, uh, I like them already. A gnome cleric and school teacher named Fizbeth Pibbles Pontoon, and a vulture-like Eric Ericocra. Okay. Bird uh, person. Who is a former zombie from a necromancer army who was brought back to life on accident and has vowed to stop others from meeting the same fate he did, named Ray Solemn. Just your typical party. 
Okay, first of all, somebody really missed a Miss Frizzle reference in the teacher character. Yes! I what know. is that? They even have the fizz I, in there. Maybe the fizz Beth is supposed to be a reference. I Frizzle, don't know. yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay, maybe. maybe. We're, we'll, we'll give some grace there. Yeah. It, okay. Is that character redheaded? That's the, the key. And Frizzy. Uh, and has oh, I, I don't have that information, Jordan. This is the important I'm, ask, stuff. I'm asking them. Right back and tell us. Which brings me in a decadently meandering way to a question for the group. Oh, I like that. Decadently meandering. I know, I like that. You put in a lot of effort into your characters in PCs, and it shows. Most of your characters are played very straight, which is excellent for the pod. But have you ever made a character that was too funny for the DM, GM, other players to deal with? I assume oh, for God. Jordan that this is a yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is like every one of my characters that's not on the podcast. We dealt with them. It wasn't that weird. Not too funny to deal with. I mean, that's just not my style. Like, in the pod or out of the pod, to be 100% honest. I mean, I have silly characters and characters that have, you know, senses of humor and stuff like that, but to go, I don't go to that extreme. It's just not my thing. I have a single anecdote. Funny enough, not involving anyone here at the table, but of a single character that was uh, so bothersome that many of the other Ross was involved in that. And Ross, uh, I think, threatened to kill the character. Because they bothered wow, them that so must have been much. Wow, really bad. that must have been really bad. Ross That's that's intense. To be fair, they were playing a very neutral. It was the closest Ross ever came to playing an evil character, which was a chaotic neutral follower of Gorum. <laughs> so ah, Gorum. One of the friends of the pod, who's uh, he doesn't listen. I believe, uh, of course, his wife Kristen, I believe, actually does listen. Brian, uh, who played with me back in the day, made a bloat mage. It was basically <laughs> oh, this guy, funny yeah. enough. Uh, funny enough, based on more or less hedonism, bought from Futurama. <laughs> Speaking of Futurama. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was while the entire party was being like, was fighting and he went, it's like, oh, it's not worth uh, blasting my spells off on this thing, but it's too cold out here. So I'm just going to be rubbing a bear blubber on my, on my exposed chest while the rest of the party is fighting. Wow. Mm, you, know, you talk like this all oh. of the time. Mm. <laughs> oh. Oh, how oh. decadent. <laughs> Speaking of decadent. decadently meandering. Oh, <laughs> right, that word. The words uh, are nice in the mouth. So anyway, that that is the the only occasion I can think of where someone made a character that was quote unquote, I guess is quote unquote too funny for the other players to deal with, in that everyone got a good laugh out of him, but he was also so aggravating that the other players did not want to deal with him. Yeah, because yeah. like my characters, like I've done ones that have like kind of more annoying voices than would be appropriate for like radio. But, like, everybody's in on the joke. You know, like, there may be a kind of goofy character, but, like, everybody's in on the joke. So it's not like, you know, I'm inconveniencing anybody because it's one of those things like, oh, combat breaks out. They stop making jokes and they start playing tactical, you know. I feel like that's, like, the thing that sometimes gets too much is if it's, like, I am i can't turn off the jokes and I can't be serious enough to do this combat because I'm too busy, like, you know, just trying to, like, distract them with my yeah. quips. Yeah, that's the difference. Like, recently in a game, I played a character called Star Legend. <laughs> a Yosoki, yep. essentially Instagram influencer who was really into clothing and fashion and taking the best selfie. But everybody at the table has such a good time. It wasn't like we didn't want to play anymore. But anyway, so like I think, you know, playing a, a wacky character is super fun as long as you don't want to make it not fun for somebody else to play. Yeah, do you have to strike yeah. that balance. Like I enjoy playing Narmer. But I would never play a PC like Narmer, who's constantly yeah. engaging with the party. Narmer is great because he can come in as a little side character, make a quick reference, and then climb back into the backpack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Narmer away. Yeah. And again, if we're doing deep philosophical discussions or difficult role play segments, it's you don't want to have that one character that kind of like 
ruins when everyone else is trying to do the big drama moments. Yeah. I will say that playing a fair amount of Starfinder, like Starfinder lends itself a lot more to like goofy people or just goofy references. I think like it's it's hard to take it serious when it's like, okay, so we've got like a Yosoki who is basically just like a little rat person. You've got a giant minotaur kind of person. You got this like robot over here. And then like the last member of your party is some kind of like flying tentacle person. It's hard to like take all that super seriously. <laughs> I don't know. It, I think it depends on how straight you play it. Like, I think you could take all of that and then play it straight as being, again, you guys have a five and a half foot tall walking cat man. And yeah, that's true. Man, you know, I feel we called still, out. <laughs> what I'm just saying, it's like, but we yeah, still no. manage to, I think, uh, hopefully for the audience, deliver on the uh, the drama and the, the tragedy and all the rest of that. It's not pulling at heartstrings as much as Tyrant's Grasp is, but it's still. Oh, it's a different, a different yeah, story different there. Kind, yeah. yeah, different heartstrings. All right. Well, he says, uh, side note, I had to double check the spelling of binging because it looks like bing-ing to me. Oh, me too, dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> After binging the podcast for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for your lovely podcast and warm, inviting table dynamics that make me feel like I am sitting at the table with friends and enjoying the victories by proxy and suffering the cold and nucleating hand of fate alongside y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I have said multiple times, it's oh, one of my favorite studio moments, man. weirdly enough. It was a good moment, but an awful moment. <laughs> it was an awful moment, but it, I felt like it was a turnaround for Sudi as a, as a character because my dice luck suddenly improved. Yeah. yeah, but if we had just rolled one check better, oh, we I know. Have, yeah, if, we like, just, if we just made one thing, right? Out of it. I will also point out that uh, that that is always in retrospect. So it's that. Oh yeah. Remember, remember mm -hmm. things. Don't look as bad when you look back on them yeah. later. Because yep. I remember Jordan sounding like a deflating balloon after that episode. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That I mean, yeah, when you're in that moment, it's hard to be like, oh, this is going to be great for the for the show. <laughs> Your character is getting mutilated. Like, it's not good. This is going to be great character development. Yeah, no, that was not ranged. my thought at the time. But looking back, it was great character development. Yeah, it's true. Good thing you weren't ranged. Oh, my gosh. Right. All right. Well, he says, uh, sincerely, Robbie. P.S. I have Thank a recommendation you. for some of the best Udon in DFW. I don't Whoa. work there or anything. Just thought y'all might enjoy it. Yes. And it is. Do you like Udon? Uh, it is Maruga uh, I think it's Marugame Udon in Carrollton. Oh, really? Oh, hey, nice. Carrollton is full yes. of tasty, tasty goodness. So yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Addison's Ad 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 right next I, to it is like I would the like food some mecca. Udon. If you're ever in North Dallas, the Carrollton area has a lot of really good Asian restaurants. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yes. They got that sushi, that conveyor belt sushi place. Oh, yep. that's good too. Email two from Lucas from Pennsylvania, aka Magnamar. Hey, Lucas. Hello, I'm Lucas from Pennsylvania. Hello, Hello. Lucas from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I love that. I don't remember if you guys already picked an in-lore location for my state yet, but if not, might I recommend Magnamar? You can always place your, yourself wherever the frickin' frack you want, guys. Yep. Frack. yep. <laughs> state talk aside, I do have a question that should be a bit of a head-scratcher if this gets to you all. Aw, uh, you, you, you missed an opportunity to say y'all. Well, he is oh. from <laughs> he Pennsylvania. Is. They don't they don't use zany words like y'all. Y'all is a very yeah, great gender neutral term. Yeah, they either speak the proper King's English or Pennsylvania Dutch, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh my. Who knows? If by some unknown powers all of the campaign's familiars animal companions became humanoids with their own class features, what race and what class would each of them be? Mm. 
Ooh. So, I have my own theory about the animalistic ones, but Narmer always leaves me stumped. I can't seem to choose for our favorite mechanical catfish's class. If you would be willing to share your insight on this, it would be much appreciated. Hope you all had a great holiday, and I look forward to a new year to add to Narmer's kill count. Aren't you in luck by the time now that we've gotten Thank up you, to this point? Lucas. With Narmer's prankster archetype, he would probably be a rogue with a similar archetype that lets yeah. him do all sorts of, you know, combat interference shenanigans. Like, I could see him going into, like, Arcane Trickster. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Humanoid-wise, uh, also with his prankster nature, I think Gnome wouldn't be a bad fit. No. Yeah. Although, yeah. Uh, personality, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, I'm, I'm always partial to, like, halflings as far as, uh, as fun, funny nature. But that's my personal love of halflings. Yeah. So, I think Isra is pretty easy. Black catfolk fighter. Oh, fighter. I was thinking ranger or rogue. Maybe, yeah, maybe ranger. I think ranger. Yeah. Yep. I think I ranger. Think yeah, ranger. we could do ranger. She does favorite already have favorite enemy, so. Yeah. Yeah. Then she could have her own panther to run around. That's true. And the cycle continues. Sugar is definitely human. Definitely just a chubby human bard. Yeah. That doesn't really bard. want to be adventuring, but always finds herself on adventures. That fits because you also have that archetype that gives her bardic knowledge. I, well, yeah, I don't know why I immediately pictured her as uh, Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> like with a bonnet and everything. <laughs> Not too sweet. <laughs> no, yeah, Mrs. Potts is too nice. She's just like, you know, she'd rather be Aesthetic sitting somewhere class. having grapes, but instead she's on this adventure and she's not sure why. But alas. <laughs> on her, it is obviously a cleric. Either that or like a war priest, yeah. Something yeah. of, you know. Of uh, Horus. Email three is from Kama in Denmark. And uh, since we already got an email from them before, we have already placed them in Helgrim. Cool. In the land so of nice. So. Although, a little chilly. On, in Hell's Rebels instead of Mummy's Mask. Hello, doorkeepers and Darmer. <laughs> Hello, okay. Kama. Hello. I promised in an email to the rumor mill that I would listen back to Mummy's Mask and make note of all the places in Galarian you had placed your fans. As I have now caught up as far as Narmer's recap, I'm sending you my list of placings, minus people who only gave a Galarian place for themselves, with mm. probably more than a few errors in the spelling of Galarian place names. That's fine. I just spell everything all the time. It's all fake. (laughs) My apologies to anyone I missed. I was doing this either while at work or riding my bike to and from work and zooming down a hill at 40 kilometers per hour, about 25 miles an hour. And it's not the best time to pull out your phone and make a note. (laughs) No, it's really not. Please Um, do not die trying to write down the locations of people. We appreciate, you know, people making these lists, but I would feel really bad if somebody got hurt. While baking, said no. Also, it must be so nice to be able to be in a place where you can bike to work. Yeah, that would be great. That is not the Dallas way. Nope, it would melt our tires. Uh, (laughs) It would melt our tires, probably. I've also added my list with Rick's Sirenscape plugs, although I'm certain I missed a few. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. It is expansive and very entertaining. In fact, I might actually read off some of those for the... uh, for the oh next after party. Cause for our four year, are, yes, for our four year. <laughs> some of them are so completely non-sequiting, but I can remember the encounter the moment <laughs> that I read them. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm now on to doing the same for Hell's Rebels. Sadly, I can't do the same for Tyrant's Grasp, as I'm poor and must continue, to paraphrase Haley from After Party 172 to 174, to suckle at the mechanical catfish teat of genius while offering nothing in return. <laughs> Is that becoming a thing? Oh, uh, oh my. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. I mean, you've offered this list, these lists in return. Yeah, yeah, just yeah that is true. Yeah. 
You have done, yeah. You have done more than enough for us. Thank you, Kama. Yes. Uh, If you place Denmark in the rumor mill, I haven't heard it yet, but I did notice that you twice mentioned, uh, but didn't place it in the after party because you were distracted talking about how much you would like to visit. (laughs) That's Rachel's fault. It looks like a beautiful country. I'm sorry. That sounds like us, to be 100% perfectly honest. Oh, we've done it now, so you're welcome. (laughs) If you ever do, I'd love Uh to treat you to one of our famous pastries. Yes, please. Awesome. How okay, li- get live here? show. I'm here for it. International yeah, tour. Go stop in Denmark. Oh, uh, yes. if you ever do, like, if you ever come to Denmark. Yes, I thought we were yes. getting, like, a special care package delivered by Pigeon. I don't know. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't know forever. if that's what we're most famous for, but I don't think I could treat you to a windmill, and I think the alternative would be a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a windmill home. <laughs> you take oh, shrink goodness. object or whatever, you put it in your pocket, you leave. Oh, oh my. I mean, I'm here for It's called a Danish, man, you know? <laughs> It looks like there are a lot of neat foods here. I'm not going to attempt to read any of them because a lot of them have the O with the dash through it. And oh. some of them have the A-E that run together. Oh. So uh, I don't... Ooh, that one has an umlaut. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> any of these. <laughs> I'm going to go this with is, the Danish. Uh, this is our uncultured American. <laughs> yeah, I can barely it's called like, a Danish, read but it probably English has a proper sometimes, name. <laughs> so, you, you know. should hear my Spanish, and I'm a native Texan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Don't do it. No, okay. I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this has already been a lengthy email, but I know you like to hear about new people picking up the hobby and want to share that I managed to haul my brother into joining my inter-European group playing Agents of Edgewatch. Awesome. Yes. Good job. All right. Good roads, good tidings, and good luck bringing down those pyramids. Come. We did it. We did it. Too now down. we just have to now, you know, survive the rave party inside. Woo. Ooh, start kicking it off with Storm two down, like six, rave to party. Everybody good. have your glow sticks ready. <laughs> if by glow sticks you mean spell components, I am ready. P.S. My name is pronounced Kama. Uh, people here here usually mistake my name for being Karma if they aren't already familiar with the name. If you sing Karma Chameleon, I will fly to Texas and slap you. Ooh, bring the pastry. Let's see it. And then they can bring the pastry with them. All right. That is what was in my head when you said it. We just found out about a great udon place. So <laughs> you bring a pastry, we'll take you to have udon, I guess. Okay. It's a cultural so, uh, exchange. <laughs> Anyway, mistake of the name if you're not already familiar with the name, which very few are, as it's very rare, u- uniquely Danish name. Uh, awesome. Sorry, I didn't think to include pronunciation before. It's okay. We scrolled. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the other email is what they're talking about. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh. Well, Maybe not. Either way. I don't know. Either way. Uh, you placed me in Halgrim in the lands of the Lenorm kings, specifically within the story of the Sin Saga, <laughs> which I think is hilarious, seeing as I am a sex-repulsed asexual, something all good bodice rippers should have. Yes! <laughs> Yay! A character who is not only not interested, but actually sick of all the ripped bodices, and who just wants to get on with the adventure. <laughs> you're the one that is the common sense. You're like, yep. y'all. Oh. We this don't have time, the time for this. Y'all. You're the so exasperated best friend just and, shaking their head. Yes. <laughs> like, can we? You just did this. We have adventure. T- they're, like, the bad guys are leaving. Why are you making out right now? <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we're going to end up writing some of the Sin Saga. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> Patreon stretch goal. With the <laughs> sexual pulse asexual just going, ugh. It's that it's that Ryan Reynolds sigh meme. That's just your character ninety five percent of the time. Or the uh, or the Captain Picard face rub. Yes. Yeah, just, oh yeah, yeah where, yeah, where he does the face palm. Yep. 
Okay, uh, that's it for our emails. So on to casting. What dun, dun, oh, dun, man. Dun, dun, dun. All right, Rachel, if you'll go ahead and roll me a d10. Five. Perfectly average. Yep. <laughs> so today, mm, I'm going to have a lot of difficulty pronouncing this one, so I apologize. Uh-oh. So today we're going to be casting Zerbestes II. Satrap who rule the satrap who rules the wealthy nation of Kadira in the name of the Padishah Emperor Kalish the twenty second of Kelish. Zerbestes is quiet, brooding man, and only child Zerbestes is in unusual position of inheriting the position of satrap without contest, particularly because he has no siblings. Currently unmarried, he has turned away many Kelish brides from the Empire as he fears such a union could threaten Kadira's independence from the Kelish Empire. Although restrained from declaring war by his imperial vizier, Zerbestes is eager for conquest and is feared in the region. He is additionally restrained by the fact that Kadir's generals answer only to the emperor. Taldor is by far his preferred target, but is not adverse to expanding through other avenues. His battle lust has proven a considerable distraction from internal concerns, and he has begun to study the writings of Geber III, hoping to discover a pretense for invasion that will not violate the ancient treaty signed with Taldor by his distant ancestor, Zebestes I. Zebestes therefore bides his time and takes out his frustration on his advisors, the peerless, by assigning them tasks of ever-increasing complexity and difficulty. He is described as a tall, bronze-skinned satrap believing that he can end the danger permanently and earn a place for himself in history by executing a decisive invasion of Taldor. Hmm. Oh, as a side note, um, a lot of what I was reading was from the before uh, the 10-year gap. He has recently actually taken a wife. Okay. I think I have one that'll be good enough. Good enough. <laughs> I can't think of a better one, so it must be the right one. I'm wondering if we're thinking the same thing. Nah, probably not. Maybe not. Because I have two, but I, th- I think I'm going to go with my with my first one. Is everyone ready or need more time? I am I, prepared. I am ready as well. All right. I'm going to go with Oded Fair. Okay. Because when I All saw right. the picture, I was like, it kind of just looks like him uh, for one. And two, just Odin Fair is awesome, where he kind of has that intensity, but also can be kind of funny at the same time. I think he's just he's just got a good mix. I think he'd he'd do well. Odin Fair. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, here's what I'm gonna go with, and only because he's kind of charming, but maybe he could also be war hungry. I don't know. Riz Ahmed. He was my second choice. Oh, nice. hey. yeah. nice. I just thought yeah. I just thought he looked a little young, and so that's why I didn't go for him. He's in his thirties, I think. But he just looks young. Oh, well, you know. I do love him, though. He's amazing. He was my second choice. Riz Ahmed. He was in... Um, Rogue One. Rogue One. He's in a lot of stuff. He's great. Apparently, he's a rapper, too. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I wanted to see that movie of him where he's like a, a drummer in a band and he lo- is losing his hearing. I've heard he was oh, great in that. Yeah. But I haven't seen it yet. Anyway, that's what I got. Riz Ahmed. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to go with, amazingly, uh, a kind of a little bit older actor, but he's got a major baby face, uh, Rami Malek. Rami Malek has got, like, he, I think you mentioned him having, like, really intense eyes, and, like, that's that definitely yeah. makes me think of Rami Malek, like, immediately. <laughs> and he is a fantastic actor. Go yeah. see him in uh, Mr. Robot. He's really good. Bohemian Rhapsody was amazing. Uh, the yep. Freddie Mercury, where he played Freddie Mercury. Um, fantastic actor and definitely capable of being like super serious and like, yep. you know, a little bit scary. All right. I'm going with Oscar Isaac. Hmm. I put okay. him up for something. Yes. But he wasn't. We, I, don't, I don't think I it mean, never got picked. We're allowed He's, to recycle them if the fans don't vote for them. <laughs> yes. He has been Ooh. in a lot of things. Yep. And, I, you know, he's a very, very good actor. So I think he could mm-hmm. pull off the kind of charming but also apparently i want to start another giant war 
type personality. <laughs> yeah, very I curious see to see it. him in Moon Knight. <laughs> oh yeah, looks trippy. It's gonna be- it's going to be trippy and good. Yeah, I think I recently put him up for something, but I can't remember what. So I'm going to go. He's a little bit older for the role now, but uh, I'm going to go for Naveen Andrews. Uh, most people know him as uh, Saeed from Lost. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, does yeah. A, he is incredibly charming while also being able to be incredibly intimidating as he kind mm-hmm. of flips flops back and forth between a trained soldier and just this like disarmingly charming and helpful person. Mm, so uh, yeah. I I think that shows a good deal of his range, and I love that guy. Like, he was the selling point, honestly, for Lost for me for yeah, a long time. Yeah, he was great. So, mostly because I didn't really care about the main trio and their chemistry and all the rest of that. I could have done what without. What chemistry? I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, was Evangeline Lilly is a good actress. Oh, but, I like yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch Lost. I, I didn't either. I gave up after, like, the second season. I was like, there's too much. There's too many subplots going on. I can't keep track of everything. Uh, There were one and a half good seasons in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. All right. So you have your choices. Uh, Whenever it's posted on the Discord, feel free and please do go vote. Uh, And uh, good luck, Pathfinders. We'll see you all next time. Good luck. Bye, Pathfog. Good luck. It's time to go fight some scorpions. Oh want to. They're so big. They're just going to squish us like little bugs. They'd always just run up and punch a squirrel. So, I mean, that's my Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mommy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.